0: You guys nothing. All right. we, we are <laughs> one take Ready? recording.
1: Welcome to a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar. My name is Jamal. I am a Buddhist. And I'm Jacob.
0: I'm a Christian, and we're here today to talk about life, faith, the universe,
1: everything. But M- most things, some things, who knows? Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> we'll start a journey, see where we wind up. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is our first time doing this, Jacob. How are you feeling? I'm,
0: I'm feeling my stress levels are a, are a little bit higher than they were 15 minutes ago when yep. we thought everything would work very smoothly, and then the technology has thwarted us
1: wildly. We, we have decided to be more technologically advanced than we are maybe capable for and have decided we're going to do all this fancy multi-tracking things and none of it worked, but we are here now and we are recording and this is this is exciting. We've been looking forward to doing this for a little while.
0: We have been. We've been a little delayed with you know, COVID and everything else, but we're here and, and we're good to go. So we're going to um, each week kind of kick off with an article or something interesting that we found that we we look at and
1: discuss it and see see where we go. Exactly. So um I think I have the first one, don't I? Yeah, um, you do. Yes. So so this is an article by Jackson Evans, uh, and it's called How Zen Buddhism Has Made Me a Better Christian. Now Jacob, you're a Christian. What do you know about Zen Buddhism? I
0: feel like I know more tropes about Zen Buddhism okay. than I do about anything. It's, it's a more common form of Buddhism in the West, right? Like it's associated with, you know, mindfulness and just self-awareness and that kind of – like it, I, I know Zen kind of more of a, yeah. as a cliche as a than concept, I know yeah. the actual beliefs of Zen Buddhism. So tell me a bit about that. What, what is
1: Zen Buddhism? So Zen Buddhism is a type of Buddhism predominantly um, from Japan uh zen uh comes from the chinese word chan which comes from the sanskrit word jan, which it's called Jhana in pali uh and it's essentially meditation focused buddhism um one of the reasons you probably know more about it is because uh post the second world war it made its way to the us um, and is a big influence over there um probably less so in australia but definitely internationally zen has a bit of a following and, you know, you have those typical tropes of, you know, monks sitting in rock gardens and yeah, this whacking, is um you know, whacking people and with that, sticks. Right? Um, yes, although although uh, maybe less um, because there's a lot of silence in Zen. Um, anyway, uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson Evans, who wrote this article um, at medium.com. Uh, Jackson is a Mormon, is a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, and he talks a lot about how uh, he came across the writings of Thich Nhat Hanh, Thich Nhat Hanh being a Vietnamese uh, a late Vietnamese Zen monk, um, particularly Thich Nhat Hanh's book, Living Buddha, Living Christ, which after reading this, I need to go and read. I, I think it looks like an amazing book. Um, and essentially the basic premise here is that, you know, there's nothing necessarily contradictory in between Zen Buddhism and Christianity. And uh, Jackson talks about how he uh, has taken on Zen practices uh, that has helped him develop in his own Christian faith and made him a better Christian.
0: So is the, the idea here that Zen Buddhism is more about practices than actual beliefs about kind of the cosmic structure of the universe or in, with them being compatible? Yeah. How, how does that play out?
1: So, so I think we, we, he, he gets to one of his, his points here, but I, yeah, I think that, that that's roughly correct. Zen is very, Zen is very focused on the doing Less so on the thinking aspect of it, you know. A lot of Buddhism can be very cosmic and very, um, you know, have theories of various realms and that kind of thing. And Zen kind of steps away from that, and it takes the uh, the Mahayana tradition, which is the kind of the more North Asian tradition of Buddhism, uh, and and tries to step it back to the practice of meditation and the practice of of stillness, as opposed to being focused on the kind of cosmic structure of thing, um. And yeah, so the three the three things, the three main practices that are kind of referred to in this article, which I think are really interesting and kind of, you know, they spoken about how it links in with Christianity, uh, mindfulness into being and the dangers of knowledge. Um, so mindfulness uh, is probably the core teaching of Buddhism and it's this idea of present moment awareness. You'll, you'll hear it a lot in psychology these days. And it's very much about, you know, being aware of what, what is happening in your body and what is happening in the world around you, but also what is happening in your mind and, and how you how you are in the world and aware of the ways that your mind works. Uh, which, so this
0: is like, how am I reacting to this situation? What is yeah. my body doing right now? Am I feeling
1: tense? Am I, you know, those, those kind of things. Correct, exactly. Um, you know, the example here is, you know, if, if you're watching a movie and, you know, if you're distracted and not paying attention to the movie, that's not mindful. You can, you know, mindfulness is stopping and paying attention to the movie and watching what is going like on. Like living in the moment, as Correct. it were. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the next one is... Um, interbeing which is this idea that there is no difference between anything this is a little bit more esoteric uh from on the buddhist side of things but essentially everything depends on everything else so um the core buddhist teaching that i'm aware of that speaks a lot to this is is uh, is this idea of dependent origination so cause and effect you know there's always everything that exists has a cause that has previously happened um and interbeing is this uh sense that it's all linked though the the delineations between you and me and everything and this podcast studio and all of that, they're all just kind of arbitrary and they're all just interpretations.
0: Is this, does the butterfly effect come out of this line of thinking? That, you know, a butterfly flapping its wings in, you know, the South American rainforest causes things to happen in Africa and so on. And like if you were to take that one thing out, everything kind of as we see it, not necessarily falls apart, but goes in a really different direction to, to what otherwise might. Or is that just pop buddhism
1: Uh, um, talking i I think it's a little bit associated i think that probably comes into more the kind of the physics side of it where it's this kind of chain reaction of things um cause and effect does work in that way but i think it also works in the way that there is no butterfly there is no rainforest and there is no tsunami in in africa that's caused by that right it's all just kind of one thing
0: oh i see right yeah Yeah. so so it's it's kind of we have this nice little Western idea of packaging everything up and looking at, well, that was the cause and that was the effect, but here you're saying it's it's all one unit.
1: Yeah, and I I think... So
0: I can't consider Jamal without considering Australia and the world and the cosmos and and everything else.
1: Yeah, correct. And, yeah, I think that probably takes it a step further than it's taken in this article, but, yes, this idea that, you know, we can't survive without anything else, right? Everything is a sum of parts. A table is not just a table. It is also wood. It is also plastic. It is also these various things. Um, and then yeah the final idea that's referred to here is the dangers of knowledge which is kind of what you were referring to before jacob the this idea that you know you clinging to scripture isn't actually the way to find out anything and yeah we can get very stuck in knowing things when actually uh really what we need to do and what zen uh teaches quite uh significantly is that we need to experience things we need to feel things um so yeah i think it's a that's an interesting teaching. Now, I, I just want to want to get your raw thoughts on this. Like, as, as a Christian, like, what do you think about these teachings? Do you think they work with Christianity or do they fly in the face of it? I, I don't think they fly in the face of it. I don't think that they're
0: kind of in violent opposition to anything that you find in Christianity, and particularly this last one, like the dangers of knowledge. If I think about the – it's kind of, you know, again, the stereotype is your sort of ivory tower academic who has all of the book knowledge but has never actually lived out anything that they're studying – uh, and if you look at the life of Jesus, like this, this is a big thing for him. He's it's not that the the Old Testament law and the rules of the Jewish people and everything else are unimportant, but ultimately what it boils down to with Jesus and anybody who has an encounter with him is, you know, follow me and put my teaching into practice. He's got this saying, anyone who hears my words and goes, yep, that's great. It's like a guy who builds his house on sand and the wind and the storms and whatever come and it falls down. But if you hear his words and put them into practice, then you're like, you're building on rock and you've got a firm foundation. So like, particularly this, the, the dangers of knowledge, Jesus seems quite, quite keen on his teaching means nothing if you don't actually put it into practice and, and go and do that. So that,
1: that one really resonates. Um so the other part of this that I, I'm really interested in is this, um, you know, he talks about these these various concerns that members of his church had when he first started yeah. engaging with this. And I, I think that's a really interesting one. Um, you know, and they were like, oh, my God, are, are you going to you gonna not be a Christian anymore and that kind of thing? And he, he says, um, you know, essentially the, the reactions were categorized into three categories. Like there's a mild interest of like, oh, yeah, okay. A slight concern, I was being pulled away from the Latter Day Saints Church. An outright horror, I was rejecting Christ and jeopardizing my soul. I, I, I think that's so fascinating when you hear something that is, you know, clearly w- wisdom, right? It's a wisdom tradition, even if it's not your wisdom tradition. That there's, that there can be this reaction of, "Oh my God, you are not listening to the single word that we have said is the word, or what's going to happen here?"
0: And and that's like that's the danger of wisdom traditions in general, right? Like it's a it's a wisdom tradition but it's not your wisdom tradition and does that like, yeah, can, can a wisdom tradition be wrong, mm. right? Um, and that's certainly from a, a Christian perspective. I can understand that concern um, because there's this, there's this big tradition in Christianity that um, it, it kind of boils down to the idea of all, all knowledge comes from God and comes through Christ, like Christ is the the mediator of how we experience the world. Is kind of the way that um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's a theologian that I'll probably mention a lot on this podcast, um th- that's H- kind him of C.S.
1: Lewis, right? The, the two you're just gonna going <laughs> to keep. They're, they're,
0: they're the two that everyone goes back yeah. to. So I'm just you know following the crowd. Yeah. Um, but but this idea that um, you know true knowledge is found in Christ and through Christ, and there is like. There's no connection with reality, if I put it that way, except through Christ. And so if you have other wisdom traditions out there, the question is, and there's there's broadly historically been two approaches to this within Christian thought. And the one is that, well, all wisdom comes through Christ. So if I find wisdom that checks out, that matches my um, perception of reality in the Buddhist tradition, well, that must be, Christ must be working in that somewhere and God must be working through that or because it's not explicitly from Christ and through Christian scripture and teachings and so forth, therefore it mustn't actually be wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those seem to be the two approaches that tend to be taken.
1: Yeah, and I, I find that really interesting from a Buddhist perspective, right, because, you know, in Buddhism we have the term dharma, right, which is roughly translated to wisdom or insight or anything. And, and dharma is independent of any individual, right? Like even the word Buddha, Buddha is a title, you know, so mm-hmm. Siddhartha Gautama was who we think of as the Buddha, but it's not like he was the only Buddha, right? The Buddha just means the one who is awakened. Uh, so theoretically, any being can become a Buddha, right? And right. If, if anything, that you know, some people argue that's part of the aim of the religion is to go off and be a Buddha yourself. Um, and yeah, and it's this idea that when you that when you access Dharma, when you access true wisdom, uh, that is just you understanding how nature works and so that there it it's not it's not monopolized anywhere you know so they, i think it goes to that first interpretation you spoke of in terms of you know that that, that christ is working through all these various things you know you use the word christ buddhists use the word dharma but that that it, it can come from anywhere that, that there, there is no like oh well just because this person said this that then must be it and anything that that person or anything that comes from somewhere other than that source is somehow irrelevant.
0: And, and see, as a Christian, I, I can get on board with, with that, with the way that you're outlining Dharma there, but I would say that there is someone behind that, mm-hmm. right? And behind all wisdom is is God, because if God created me and everything that exists, then any anywhere that I find traces of wisdom, or like God, God is ultimately behind it all. I don't want to go to like Aristotle's first mover thing, yeah. but it's it's kind of that idea um oh what was i thinking i had another i uh, thought it,
1: there. god just took it from you it did it, just, it took the wisdom away from because you I no you can't have can't so have any more wisdom now yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let, let's not go to that uh, <laughs> yeah no. um, yeah go on no so it's, it's interesting right so i, I don't know I, I i i like this article right i i, I oh. yes you yeah. you found it
0: oh, well what i found interesting was this article comes from kind of that perspective that you're describing, like he's found wisdom in Zen Buddhism that um, he says has enhanced his Christianity, um, which, which is great. But I found it interesting that none of the three categories, none of the reactions that he describes is there's some people that are kind of vaguely interested, but there's nobody that is kind of egging him on or encouraging mm. him to find this deeper wisdom and saying, yeah, you know, God might have some truths for you in this and that. And so, do you think that's a Christian thing or is that a Mormon thing? Uh, I think I think it's both. I think it's probably a um, insular religion thing, if I can put it that way, um, and certainly like there's there's. Christian splinter groups, if I can put it that way, like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness, and, and we don't need to go into the ins and outs of those, but they, they tend to be quite bounded groups generally. But you can find that as well within the mainstream of Christianity, and certainly you know, in American evangelicalism we see this, that there's groups that are really closely bounded, um, and when you have those tight boundaries, you, you need to have authority and you need to have one truth, and any truth that comes from outside of that, Becomes dangerous, mm. yeah. um, and and that's not just limited to to Christians. We we see that in any group where the boundaries start to get too hard and too firm, then you can't see wisdom in in anything from outside.
1: Yeah, and and, and I wonder, I guess from my perspective, and I, I think one of the things I like this article is that it's its idea that like, you know, obviously from a Buddhist perspective, I do believe that wisdom comes from everywhere, right? I I am I am what, what I refer to as a spiritual relativist, you know, so I I do legitimately believe that for you and in the way the world works for you, Jesus is everything you say he was, even if that is not true for me. And, you know, I I, I don't have an issue with that contradiction, which we've gotten to a few times where, you know.
0: I struggle to wrap my head around that. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that more, no doubt. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I think when when you start to limit the sources of knowledge, right, when you start to say that, you know, the knowledge comes from here and not from here, I, I, I guess I wonder – where the intersection of religion and power comes in there and the intersection of kind yeah. of it's not just a spiritual practice anymore but it's a cultural practice and it's a it's a practice of society making that goes on that that dictates that you know you know the single source of truth has to be the single source of truth because that's how you derive authority
0: i think a, a social practice um makes more sense to me than a cultural practice like obviously the two are deeply interlinked but um, I was talking before about group dynamics and, and the very fact that I'm talking about group dynamics means that you have insiders and outsiders and you have people who benefit from the system and people who are marginalised by the system and, and everything else. So you have power dynamics and structures there uh, and, of course, you know, words and ideas and truth um, has power. Um, and has authority. I was actually preaching about this the oh, yes. other week and, and talking about Foucault, right? Yeah. Um. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, this, this is why I do a podcast with you because you are a preacher who preaches about Foucault. You can get behind this. And, and well, and and Foucault like talks about this, right? Like
0: that. Um. Knowledge, you know Knowledge is power. Yeah. Um. And then he he develops that in all sorts of interesting ways. But th- but that's what we see happening in group dynamics. And it's yeah. Again, it's not limited to Christianity. You see this in Buddhist communities, I'm sure, where in order to maintain social cohesion, because that's regarded as a good, um, particular truths get elevated and other truths get seen as heretical. And again, you have insiders and outsiders and and everything else. And that's um, probably not so much in Buddhist communities in Australia and the West because that social Element or, or even a nationalistic element isn't as important. Um, yeah, I, I in think in Southeast Asia, I know we see some of this.
1: Absolutely, and I think I think a lot of what happens there is, I I have seen at least, and I'm sure that they they do exist, but I, I have seen less Buddhist sects associated with, say, a kind of a a figure who holds that power, and more kind of Buddhism being co-opted for nationalistic purposes in that and that kind of intersection. You know, you see it in. In Burma, Myanmar, you see it in Sri Lanka. Um, you know a lot of these um, kind of political figures quite brazenly using Buddhism as a justification for their practice and their kind of quite uh, quite hegemonic um, political practices, right? Yeah, yeah. I, there are Buddhist sects, and like you know. There are there are a few variants of Buddhism that do you know spin off out of a particular monastic that you know disrobes and discovers actually that Buddhism is not real and you need to be doing all these other things instead and there's all sorts of these kind of things and you know and there are even sects around monastics that are still engaged in the Buddhist practice right but um I think again I think it comes back down to the fundamental. Thing here where it's it. There's no doubt in the Buddhist teaching that wisdom is just wisdom, right? That that, that, that no individual has a monopoly on on Dharma, um, yeah. and you know if if anything, um, if anything, actually, like you know, even the Buddha doesn't have a monopoly on Dharma of any kind of way, right? It's like you know the that a lot of people's interaction with Buddhism uh, is still an oral tradition. It's still done through talks that senior monks give, and less through actually reading what the Buddha said. So yeah,
0: and and that's where. Th- Christianity would differ, but in an in an interesting way, because it's it's not that there is not wisdom from outside christianity right and and we see this year in in mindfulness, and I think that there's not a whole lot of mindfulness and being in the moment that is um a, yeah opposed to to Christian thinking and Christian practice and can actually enhance it and we can find references to scripture that support it and yada, yada yada. Um, but the the argument would go that Christians do have a monopoly ultimately on understanding or on wisdom because we know God and specifically we know God you know, as revealed in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and that gives a lens to the ultimate reality of things which is not available in the absence of knowing Christ. And so... It's almost like there's no one has a monopoly on penultimate wisdom and knowledge and good practices and understanding how the world works, but ultimately all of that come, comes together and coalesces in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. And so you can have all of the, the worldly wisdom that you like and you can gather it from any source, but if you don't know Jesus, then you're, you're missing the ultimate picture and the thing to which all of the earthly wisdom points or finds its resolution or however, however you want to parse that.
1: Yeah, right. So 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 you're saying that there are all these these true data points you can have, but you know, Jesus is the kind of the the uniting theory that explains all those data points. Right.
0: I, I, again, like I you know, my I, I would hesitate with my scientist friends, right, to go, you know, just God is the um, the solution to, to everything, right? You get into God of the gaps and, yeah, and yeah. everything else there. But but yeah, ultimately like the all all other wisdom is relative mm. to God, yeah. Um, and so, on its on its own terms, it can be good, but it can't be ultimate, and it's it's not going to give you the final answers
1: to everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I think I don't know. I I find it interesting in this, particularly the Zen tradition, which is you know um, I've been engaging with Zen a little bit more recently. Uh, you know, out of interest, and just also, you know, just kind of wanting to extend my practice a bit. And th- there's a real big thing in Zen about, you know, everything is Dharma, right? That 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 you know, the the bird is Dharma, the tree is Dharma, and yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of your know, Zen is. Do, really do you not get to this point where everything is Dharma, so nothing is? Like, well, I I, I guess it's you know, there there is no everything and nothing, right? Like, the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 there's no distinction between the two. Um, but yeah, it's like this thing where it's like, um. You know I theres th- this is really interesting kind of intersection that um that Zen has with Taoism right because Zen is, is is essentially Buddhism mix Taoism, you know mix whatever else. I mix Japanese cultural practice. Um, and you know the the first line of the of the Dao De Ching, which I really like is you know the, the the way the way that can be followed is not the way. So it's this idea that like you know you, you can't just know something you can't just like you go oh yeah this is like th- this is the the path I'm going to do so as the minute that you are following a path, it's not the path it, 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 it's inherently everything it's inherently you know so because a path is is limiting you you
0: know and and so therefore blinkers you necessarily because it's a path yeah to, to other wisdom that's out there.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that's the point of the first line of the Tao Te teaching. But I, I, you know, I think it's it's an interesting kind of take on it. Um, but you know, it, as I said, it, it doesn't matter what my take on it, right? Because it's, it's all Dharma anyway. It's it's all truth. You know, my uh, my, my my computer is Dharma. This uh, th- this headset is Dharma, and uh, my dog is Dharma. So you know,
0: that, I mean, does that mean that a, a demagogue is Dharma?
1: And, I, and how does that? Play out. Oh right? yeah, but, a, a demagogue is dharma because a demagogue teaches us things, right? Like you know, if you know you have a, you have a demagogue in place and who's completely ruling your life and being terrible and causing you all this this problems, it's like well, you know, there's a lesson. There's a lesson in suffering. There's a lesson in all these various things.
0: And and the, I guess the onus is on you to learn the lesson and yeah. and take out. Well, and again, if everything's relative, like is there actually a lesson from the, you know, this particular instance of suffering or that particular thing? Or, or is it? I, I don't know. All, all lesson. Like, can you can you miss the lesson? Of course. So, but the, 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 that's delusion, right?
1: And and I think this comes, this comes back to kind of the the counterpoint. I think you know that you, you talk about these various aspects of Zen and these various aspects of like, of um of what Buddhism is and how you can take it to Christianity. I think you know what clouds you from that is delusion, right? And so so the purpose of Buddhism is not really to tell you one thing is the truth or not. It's to say well. This is how you are deluded. This is how you misinterpret the world. So let's work on unpacking that, right? And let's work on on uncoupling your delusion from reality and then actually you can see reality for what it is, right? Just because, you know, I I hate getting bitten by a mosquito and it feels pain and I get distracted by the pain of it. Well, actually, that... That's just a lesson there. It's it's you know as as my favorite monk Ajahn Brahm says it's Ajahn Mosquito right. It's it's the teacher that is the mosquito that kind of comes in and teaches you how to how to sit through that and how to understand that.
0: Nice, yeah.
1: Now I was I was trying to shoehorn in our weekly joke here. Uh, <laughs> I didn't quite get there. So now I'm just gonna now I'm just gonna go straight out here. Um, given that this podcast is I did, called I
0: didn't know we were doing the joke in the middle of the episode but here oh, we Oh go. yeah yeah no no we,
1: we, <laughs> the, the joke is whenever the joke comes up and, and now I've committed to it I have to do it Um the episode I oh, say the podcast is called a Christian and a Buddhist walk into the into a bar um, partially we've named it that because you know I think it's the kind of vibe we like to give here that it's you know where we we're, we're we're casually chatting theology where we you know we don't take ourselves too seriously we don't we're not trying to say that we have we, we don't certainly don't have a monopoly on truth. Neither of us are Jesus or Buddha. Um, uh, so you know, so we so we have a joke, uh, and so uh, this week's joke, Jacob, are you ready for this? I've been I've been prepping this one.
0: My my breath is baited. Your, your I'm sitting
1: is, in anticipation. Yeah, no, he's he's going to leave the podcast studio immediately after. I'll, this.
0: I'll be back in five minutes, listeners.
1: Yeah, um, no. So look, a Christian and a Buddhist walk into a bar, and. Um, the Buddhist like immediately gets out his phone and starts like, you know, checking his emails and, and the Christian turns to him and goes, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like I, you're a Buddhist. I, I, I didn't think Buddhists like were allowed to use emails. That seems a, a bit much. And Buddhist's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like a Buddhist can use emails just as long as there's no attachments. And see, it's worse. It. It's worse when there's no audience here, and you can't like you can't hear the the really shitty small levels of laughter that would have accompanied that joke. But there you go. And,
0: and you also can't see the people who are scratching their head, like wondering how <laughs> yeah, the joke works, what right? Because, t- because attachments are bad in Buddhism,
1: right? Uh, correct. Attachments are bad. Uh, not not to explain a joke too much, but yes, attachments are bad in Buddhism. You you, you want no attachments to things. Uh, it's very good. Um. So, I mean, do you have, did you, did you have takeaways from this article? Did you, did you have things that you, you kind of, you feel like you would bring to your life or is it just talking to me and going, okay, I'm just going to put up with this guy for, for, you know, half an hour a week and, and we're going to talk, t- talk Buddhism with him or it, where did this take you?
0: Yeah, it, it took me in a couple of directions. Uh, I, I appreciated the, the mindfulness um, discussion that he had, cause that's something that I've um, can't claim any particular expertise in, but something that over the last, I don't know, six months, 12 months or so, I've been trying to do more. And I, I mean, I came across it more from that psychological angle than the Zen Buddhist angle, but just appreciating the moment and understand, understanding how I was feeling and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, I think it's a, a really a, a helpful practice just for being in the world um, and our experience of life and experience of reality. Um, so th- that, that was one the the beef that I had, if I can put it that way, was with this concept of interbeing, mm-hmm. um, and we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but I'd be interested if you can explain a, a bit more f- fully, maybe, maybe help me with this because so the, the idea is that everything is connected, right? Um, and as you, you know, you were just describing the, the teacher mosquito mm-hmm. Um, yeah, rather than the pest mosquito and so on, and like I, I get that. And there's uh, the aspect of just you know having an awareness of and being nice to the the natural world and and so on, um, and kind of cultivating kindness, I guess from that perspective. The the thing I particularly worry about though with the ev- everything is dependent on everything else, and therefore there's no us and them, right? There's no ultimately there's no me and Jamal and this room, but like they're all connected. And I, I just, I, I struggle with how, how, does that, how does that play out with actually my identity? And, and there is certainly I have a sense of there is a me and there is a you and yes, I need to have empathy and everything else, but at, at some point there is a delineation. Between the two of us, and and that so that was the thing I really wrestled with.
1: Yeah, and and I think I think you're you're getting to the heart of the Buddhist teaching there, right? Like, yeah, if if the Buddhist teaching has kind of give you one thing, it's this idea of egolessness, right? Where there is, you know, if you can really truly. See the world with no eye and with no identity, then 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 you're there. You're 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 mostly a Buddha already, uh, and that's a difficult one to do because our entire lives and world are predicated on this idea that I am different to you. All right, you know everything in the world kind of stems from this fact that I am me and I have my own interests and yeah, you know, all that. Um, and I think it helps to take it back to this kind of concept of component parts, right? So. So as you said right like everything is made up of everything else right the table is made up of wood it's made up of screws it's made up of plastic ultimately it's atoms it. and electrons yes. and yep um and and so, so so the idea is like that yes functionally we call this a table right functionally we it makes sense for us to go, yes, this is a table, but really when you break it down, it's not a table because like, which point to table, like, like a point to,
0: like the table is the whole. It's not
1: any of the, yeah, correct. Yeah. It's kind of like ship of Theseus kind of thing. I don't know if you, you know, your ancient Greeks. Um, Not that one. So the the ship of Theseus is this ancient Greek idea that it's like, you you have a ship um, and let's say over a period of 10 years, you replace every plank in the ship with a different plank of wood. Is it the same ship? Like what makes it the ship of Theseus, right? Like, because yeah, none of it's the same there is nothing in that ship that was the same as it was previously uh, but it's we still call it the ship of Theseus. So it, it's it's this idea that yeah that it is just a it's, it's convention. That, that points to things being. It's almost a linguistic way. usage. And, Correct. And yeah. like, it's functional. And I don't think Buddhism is saying that you should walk around the world going, oh, look, I don't exist. So, you know, I shouldn't pay any taxes because I don't exist. I don't think it's going to work, right? But like, so th- there is a convention and a function you have to have in the world in order to function that you need that. It, you, know, you don't throw that out. But it's understanding that it's actually not real, it's understanding it's just kind of a practical thing that we do that isn't grounded in ultimate reality, um, which is a hard step to do. And, you know, I mean, you know, uh, most Buddhists still can't do that, right? So, you yeah. know, but th- that, that's where it comes comes back to. It, and it's, it's interesting
0: because that I can get my head around a bit more from a Christian perspective because there is also this idea, and again, this is possibly something that modern Christianity has learned from Buddhism, I'm, I'm not sure, but the, the – Jesus talks about, you know, anyone who would come after me has to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Um and so that that denial of self, which is then a, a denial of ego, right? And and ultimately like a denial of your own will, right? Like at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, it's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, which means not my will mm-hmm. being done. Um but that that's slightly different because it, it never it never pulls away from my independent well, it never pulls away from my existence as a self, but it does pull away from my existence as an independent self, right? Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, so the the way that I hear you, if I'm understanding you right, is is you're saying it's a sense of more and more just being aware of the the part that we are within the universe, mm-hmm. um, and in Christian, from a Christian perspective, it would be becoming more and more aware of the fact that um, my existence is not um, independent from God. Uh, And if my existence is dependent on and in relationship to God and I'm supposed to be conforming more to God's will and ways and everything else, well, therefore, I will be less independent from the rest of the universe and other people because they also exist in relationship to God. And so I understand all of that in the same way. But for, for me, that that comes across a little bit more concrete because I'm relating to someone. As abstract as you might think the, the concept of God is, I'm, I'm relating to a someone and so I'm pulled away from myself not just into kind of uh, nothingness or everything but into relationship with a specific person.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and that makes perfect sense and I think there's, there's nothing in that that contradicts anything that's said in buddhism i think you know, it comes down to how you define god and you know and whether god is an individual or whether god is a, uh, a kind of a representation of of, of of dharma or whatever you know whatever you want to say right but I, and that's a theological debate for another time but no absolutely i think you're i think you you've got it there if if, if that makes sense to you then i am i'm very happy that we have we have helped help help you understand interdependence Excellent. All right. Well, um, look, I think that is actually all we have time for today, Jacob. But thank you very much for being here. Um, it's thanks, been a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this, as we said, is our first crack at this one. So please feel free to get back in touch with us if you wish to uh, have any. Uh, comments, complaints, uh, compliments. Uh, we'll, we'll take them all. We'll and
0: read the compliments and yeah. everything else we won't get attached to.
1: Yeah. Well, as I was going to say, yeah, don't uh, don't put any attachments on the email. Um, I'll, uh, I'll open all the attachments. If you put an attachment on there, Jacob's going to read it and I won't. Um, our email address is uh, christianbuddhistbar at gmail.com. Um, that is the only way you can contact us right now. We're still getting uh, everything else teed up in terms of having socials and all that, but... Uh, look, it's been lovely to have you here. It's been lovely to chat with you, Jacob. Uh, any any final words?
0: No, I think that's it. It's been great great to have a chat. Yes. Our music is by Kevin McLeod. We should probably say that. That's a thank you, Kevin. Um, we we hope that you'll be back to to listen next week. Yes. We'll have more interesting things to say. Well,
1: they're interesting to us at least. Yes. If nobody else is enjoying this. We are. And 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 that that in the end is good enough. Thanks, everyone.
0: Have a great week.